Welcome to Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, September 12th, 2005. Welcome, everybody, to the Manager Tools Podcast. Mike has asked me to sit in for him doing the brief introduction here. Boring. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that we have a great show today talking about your worst nightmare, email. It's one of our most important tools, and yet it's used so poorly so often. Mike and I felt like we ought to spend some time talking about how you can be more effective as a manager by being better at email. So, let's get to the show. That's okay for a rookie. All right, Mark. Welcome to uh, Burke, Virginia. Hey, good to see you again. It's great, yeah. Yeah, when when Mark comes into town on business, uh, and manager tools is not the only thing he comes into town for. Um, unfortunately, I feel slighted that, slighted by by go. that. But he actually has, <laughs> he actually has real paying clients versus this uh, free stuff we do. <laughs> Isn't it funny how this is just as much fun as that? Yeah, maybe yeah. better. Yeah, maybe better. Well, in the long run, I'm sure it will be. I thought that we might over the course of the next couple months is have a regular not not every week but over the course of three months start talking a little bit about management communications yeah and spread that out and i think tonight we want to talk about email everybody does it it's probably one of the most widely used management communication tools out there and probably the most abused of all management communications it is typically an embarrassment when i start working with clients mike they uh, it is way overused. It's a great tool. I mean, it really is a great tool. In my opinion, it's one of the most positive, has the potential to have an incredibly positive impact on management, and it is just abused horribly to the point where when people start talking about email, they just get irritated. Um, there's too much of it. It's, it's, it's poorly done, and it doesn't serve its purpose, and people use it for all kinds of wrong reasons. So frustrating. So what's the biggest abuse of email today in with well, your clients. You know, it's funny. There are so many different types. I will just say that it is it is routinely used for the wrong thing. You know, before email happened, people had a lot more face-to-face meetings. You have face-to-face meetings, you develop a relationship. Based on a relationship, there's some trust. And when there's trust, you understand why somebody did something the way they did and why something may be messed up. With email and the distancing of people and the fact that people will send an email to somebody one cube over and then stand up and say, hey, I just sent you an email. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cube life, right? Uh, Dilbert. Um, it, it's mind-boggling. If I had to say the one thing that people do most often wrongly with it is – they believe it's their primary source of communication, and they spend way too much time doing it. I've had people actually say, major corporation, this is a multi-billion-dollar corporation, a senior manager, somebody at the assistant vice president level, somebody who's been with the company 15 years, actually told me once, I can't go anywhere, I'm waiting on an urgent email. You know, my boss might send me an email, and so I'm hanging around. I mean, I, 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 I'm afraid that right now there's somebody listening to this podcast saying, what, is there something wrong with that? Right, right. That uh, it's the fact is it's email. It's like expecting urgent snail mail. Right. There's no such thing. Even FedEx takes 24 hours. Yeah, and Um, unfortunately, and and I relate to that because I've I've lived been in that culture. I've lived that life where all day I'm doing email, literally all day, all day. Uh, That's sending emails to people down the hall, across the building, down the floor. You could get up, get a cup of coffee, walk over. Don't send an email. Go down and say to them, hey, I got your mail, and here's what I think. It doesn't matter. When it becomes the 
primary form of communication yeah. over yeah. all other methods of communication, that's when the problems start to occur. And yet, even in those cultures, and I've been in them, I've been in your company, I've been in many other companies, the people who are lionized for being good at what they do, all of the things being equal are the ones that have the best relationships with other people, and those relationships are formed primarily through face-to-face communication and not by email. Yeah, I agree. So. And to the extent that you have those kind of relationships, the need for email just goes down yes. dramatically. Yeah. Although... Conversely, email becomes the 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 the, and this is I'm going to cut out. I'm going to cut out of post production. Post production, but it becomes a curtain that people hide behind. Yeah. Where if you're not comfortable with relationships, it's exactly. really easy to fall be to get behind the curtain of email. I would even argue maybe it's not a curtain. It's just that if I'm not good with relationships, email puts me on a par with other people who are good with relationships because they slip away from developing those relationships and I can be relatively not communicative verbally. I don't have to be a good presenter. I don't have to be a good persuader. I just have to manage my email rigorously and and change the course of conversations that are happening through email by, uh, uh, by being aggressive about it and sitting at my desk all day long and therefore not spending time with my team, not spending time with my peers, spending less time with my boss. So right. it's, a, it's a vicious cycle. It's been my experience in the last 20 years. Okay, so... What what are some of the things we can do to improve the effectiveness of our communications on okay, email? Great. Uh, first of all, let's remember we're talking about this because it is one of the most powerful. It is one of the most frequently used tools in management communications. I we believe email is very important. We want to help people do it better. Our show is not just about email. It is about management communications. And we're going to be talking about voice communications, about phone communications, all those things coming up in the next month, as you mentioned. I, I kind of, I think it'd be helpful for us to talk about two different things today, uh, to talk first of all about technology, how we can do some simple things in technology. We're going to focus primarily on Outlook, which is the corporate client, email client of record for most companies. I know there are others out there. I know Lotus Notes is a big one and there are others, but we're going to focus on Outlook. And, but I don't think, just to chime in here, I, right. I don't think anything we're going to talk about today Today, in terms of the use of technology, wouldn't be applicable uh, right. if you it were is. using Eudora or any other email right. client out there, Thunderbird, you name it, right? Right. I, I absolutely agree. There are some things we're going to suggest. We're going to have a couple tools on the website that are specific to Outlook, but that's not suggest that anybody couldn't go out and in five or ten minutes find the exact same recommendations for those other clients right. as well. Um, so we'll start with talking about technology, and then in the second part, we'll talk about some behavioral changes. And the behavioral changes are the ones that really make the difference, even though most people say, boy, that's really neat. I'm glad you suggested that neat way of using rules and folders and Outlook to make me more effective. Boy, that's really neat, Mark. People have told me that. I swear, Michael, they've told me that a thousand times. But what's really important is what we're going to talk about in the second part of the cast, which is the behavioral changes. Not hard to do. For many people, but some people really struggle with them. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so technologically, what, what are some of the things you suggest there? Okay, so the first thing I want to suggest, Mike, is it relates to some of the behavioral things we'll talk about later, but I want to tell everyone right now, turn off the reminders you get that tell you you have email. Now, imagine this. I, I'm a consultant. We're going to assume for a moment that I get paid $3,000 a day to coach managers and executive and major, executives in major corporations. I'm sitting talking to someone whose boss has engaged me to coach them to be a more effective leader. And I'm actually coaching her on the fact that she's really very distracted and her team doesn't feel connected with her at all. And in the course of me sitting across her part of her cube, she has one of those little extensions I'm sitting across from her in her cube, she she 
actually hears the email reminder and as she's looking at me, scoots her chair away from me, puts herself right up next to her monitor, mouths to me to continue talking, turns away from me, checks the email, and starts typing with her head kind of turned as if she's still listening to me, nodding her head. And I said to her, you know, one of the problems, I think, is that you're constantly distracted by email. And she says, well, yes, we get a lot of it. I said, well, how many emails do you get a day? She says, oh, 50. I said, no, no offense, but I know maybe 150 to 250. At one point in my life, I got 300. Yeah, and I assure you, I never turned away from any live person sitting across from me at my desk. And no offense, your boss is paying me a lot of money to coach you. I'm guessing if you do that to me. You do that to every one of your team members. Oh, no, no, Mark. I would never do that. And then I proceeded to go down the cubes and say, hey, has your boss ever da-da-da-da? And every single one of them says, yes, it's one of the most irritating things that ever happens to me. So, folks, turn off those darn reminders. It is rude. It is unprofessional. Now, some of you say, well, I rarely have people at my desk. Well, gee, that sounds like a whole different problem that we'll talk about in some <laughs> yeah. different manager communication. Let's go back and talk about one-on-ones. Yeah. And but, other but, things. Yeah, <laughs> one-on-ones, exactly. I mean, people are in the, managers are in the middle of one-on-ones, and they're actually turning away and mouthing for me, people that work for them to keep talking while they check email. Right. And, and, and it's just like not having – they're checking email just like as if they didn't have caller ID on their phone and they're going over to check to see who it's from. I'm not sure what's worse, answering it blindly or checking to see if the person who sent you an email, who doesn't know whether or not you're A or desk to begin with, checking to see whether or not that person outranks the person you're with at that particular time. Right. It's it's uh, it's terrible. So turn off the reminders. No sound. No icon. And we're going to talk more about managing managers' time here in a little bit. Um, behaviors that they can engage in that are more effective. So no reminders about email. Um, and, and minimize Outlook your inbox and Outlook so that you're not constantly seeing the emails show up in your inbox. Okay. Second thing you can do, um, you can have Outlook or any client for that matter. I'll just start calling them client. Have your email client separate using rules and multiple inboxes or multiple folders, separate your mail into various categories for you. Um, we're going to put a, a resource out on the web that people can go and download. It's a, it'll be a document that'll explain to them how to set up multiple folders. But essentially what it is is this. You tell your client, listen, if an email comes in from my boss and you list the boss's name, I want you to put it in a folder called Mike. And every time I get an email from you, it goes in the Mike folder. So I don't have to look at mail every time to see who it's from to know that I have mail from you. And look, if you're a smart manager, and you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a smart manager, um, by gosh, you ought to know that if you get mail from your boss, that's more important than any other random mail you might get. Okay, So there should be multiple inboxes set up. One should be for your boss. Another one should be for your peers. Okay, Another one should be for your team. So if I get mail from my team, I want to know about it before me getting some distro from HR or some distro from corporate finance. No offense, but I don't really care about those. So my boss, my peers, my team, if I get an urgent email from somebody, no matter who it is, I'm willing to take a quick look at it. Okay, so it, there's a rule that we can set up in almost all the clients. This is if I get an urgent email, put it in this folder that says urgent or hot or whatever right. you want to call it. If I get an email from vendors, and particularly if I'm in a role that causes me to interact with external vendors, I, I want to know about that. And, and, and of course, now I, I'm suggesting these things. Hopefully, people know that if I get 20 different emails and two of them are from vendors, a couple are from my boss, and a couple are from my team, I'm going to look at my boss's emails first. I'm going to look at my team's next, and then I might look at the vendors. Another folder I'm going to set up is CCs. 
look, no offense, but if I'm CC'd, in other words, I'm not the primary person this mail is supposed to come to, I don't read that until the end of the day. And it goes in a CC folder so that I know I have mail, but it's not requiring me to do anything until the end of my day. And in many cases, when I'm traveling, I have the CC folder deleted. If it's not that important, if it's really important and I'm CC'd on it, somebody will resend it after a couple of days when I don't respond to it. Right. Okay. Um, any distro that I get that I'm interested in, but that I'm part of a mass mailing from my corporation or from a from a, a relationship I have externally or something, I'm going to put that in a separate folder as well, separate distro folder. Any projects that I'm involved in, whether I'm a, a, a deliverer of or I'm a manager of. So let's say I'm, a pro, I'm on a project that we're upgrading IT infrastructure. I might have a project called IT Upgrade. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but we're going to tell people to include in the subject line of the email, IT Upgrade, so that I know that's what that particular email is about. And if it's from my boss and it's about IT upgrade and I know I'm meeting with my boss later today, that email will not only go in two different places, believe it or not, but I know to check that folder more frequently as we're coming up on work that's important around right. that. Okay. So any project I've got. Now, does that mean that sometimes a project goes away and so I delete that folder? You bet it does. And the great thing about most most email clients is if I have a rule that says, if I get an email about the IT upgrade project, put it in the IT upgrade folder. If it the IT upgrade folder is deleted and then somehow there's an email still floating around, that just goes in my inbox. It doesn't delete it. It just stays in my inbox and says, I, can't pro- I, I couldn't process this rule the way you asked me to because that folder you had, you deleted it. Let me ask you a question on this. Yeah. Um, when you've actioned a an email, so you, you do things a little bit differently than I do, and I might actually try this. So in okay. my current life, I don't get four hundred emails a day like I, I used to. So right. it's a little neither me a little easier. So um, you have where I have in the past set up rules where it will go into a particular project folder, right? And then I'll search for it through two hundred fifty folders to find those folders where there's new email. Probably right. not the most efficient way to do it. Right. You have it go into a specific inbox. Then once you've actioned that email, do you then move it into another folder? I find myself in previous lives as a large program management right. office right. Um, executive. Um, very often I have specific projects where I'll get an email and it requires follow-up from right. Joe. Joe's got to do something. But I'm not content to send it to Joe and just wait for him to, to deal with it. I want to have follow-up later on. So there's a whole mechanism for, uh, for tracking okay. that stuff. So now okay. you've asked me to, to – you want to have a conversation yes. about my getting things done, oh, plugging well, for Outlook. Okay, good. We're in the same thing. We're, we're, we're in the exact same boat here. Let's be clear. Email is how we communicate. Me following up with you on something is not communication. That's work. So – the way I, so I know that I'm supposed to reply to you, or not reply, but I'm supposed to work with you on something. I'm supposed to check on something in five days. That becomes a task for me to manage. That's not an email. I don't use email as a reminder of work that remains to be done. Email is just like voicemail. It's just a way to handle. It's a way to communicate about work, but it's not necessarily work all the time. Okay, so, so you're using different I, mechanism for yes. for tracking the actions that you have to take. For yes. example, follow up on this particular email. Yeah. The way David Allen would describe it, Mike, is that your inbox, is, your email is one of your inboxes. And what you do is process through your inbox. If your inbox causes you to have a task to do, well, okay, that's a task, but that's not an email. So not all emails require me to do more email. It might require me to go talk to you. It might require me to set up a meeting. 
I might use email to set up that meeting, but that doesn't mean the task is to send you an email. The task is actually set up a meeting with you. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes absolutely okay. absolute yeah. lot of sense. Matter of fact, I think that's one of the sins that people, where yes. people get into trouble, they use, is they I, leave all these things that they require action in their inbox, and pretty soon they have 2,000 red emails and, that's why in their they, inbox, yes. and they have no mechanism for going back and assessing where they are relative to yes. the actions required. And, yeah, email is to me like voicemail. It's a way of communicating. It is not a way of tracking task completion at all. And now, I happen to use tasks in Outlook. A lot of people don't. A lot of ta- tasks are very rarely used by people. I use them. I have recurring tasks set up to talk to people and remind me of things to do on a regular basis. You don't have to do that. Plenty of people use lists and to-do lists and all. Those are all fine. But to use your email inbox and unopened or to leave a mail unopened to remind you every day to keep checking on something is an enormously inefficient way to parse your mental time as a manager, in my opinion. I agree. Okay. But a lot Good. of people do that. Oh, yeah. Doesn't make it right. Just makes right. it common. Um, Okay, uh, something else, too, people need to do more of is one of the folders they need to really use quite judiciously is, is junk mail or deletion. You know, they, they tell us all the time that we're supposed to, I read all the time about, oh, manage the distribution list you're on. You know, send a mail to the distribution list saying you should, I, I want off this distribution list. And you were just telling me the story of the guy who's one of a, a, a thousand managers on a corporate distro. And when he wants to be taken off the corporate distro list, he sends a note to everyone saying, please take me off this list. And the only thing worse than that is 500 of those people sending everybody a note back saying, I can't believe you replied to all to take you off this list. And now we have 25,000 right. emails created for some guy wanting to be taken off the list. I don't do that anymore. I, I find that being and it goes on to, And it literally goes on, it for, goes a on week, for days. Yeah. For a week. I, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Look, the simple answer is don't ask to be taken off the distro because sometimes people will say, well, no, you're on that list. You know, you're a manager at this level. You're supposed to be on it. Just automatically send it, create a rule to send it to your junk mail folder and delete it. Or uh, another uh, technique that I have is something called the five-week folder, which is I create a folder that... Uh, it, maybe it comes into my inbox or maybe it's from you or maybe it's from somebody else. And I've decided there's nothing I need to do on this. And I just throw it in my five-week folder. And there's a rule that says once something goes in there, after five weeks, delete it if it's more than five weeks old. If then somebody comes back in a couple of weeks and says, hey, I asked you about this. Did you get that? I can go look at my five-week folder. If it's not in my five-week folder, I didn't think it was that important. And I say to them, no, I didn't get it. You need to resend it. If it's been three weeks, the chances are it's not all that urgent, and they're will, they're going to be willing to resend it. Or quite frankly, they probably just forwarded the mail to me again, so I, they've resent me the mail anyway. But putting it in the five week folder is is a s- subtle difference between ashing it and putting it in your junk mail or your deleted folder, because um, you can actually not even put it in junk mail. You can just say delete that immediately. And there are some people, um, none of our listeners, hopefully, uh, who send me mail that don't realize it, but it always goes, it gets deleted immediately. I get some really silly or corny or perhaps vulgar emails that I get sent as a part of some guy's attempt at humor, and I just don't want them on my computer, and I just delete them automatically. Don't even send them to junk mail. I don't want them anywhere near my computer that my clients might see. So I use deletion, I use junk mail, and I also use a five-week folder. I have rules for all those as well. And a spam, anti-spam, oh, sure, anti-spyware right. yeah. uh, program. And you know, to tell you the truth, when it I comes... I never thought about that in the context of managing corporate communications, but it's because... Yeah. It's been a couple yeah. years since I've been in that, right. oh, that yeah. game, but I tell you, I'd love to hear from listeners who are using uh, anti-spyware and spamware to yeah. manage crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very aggressive that rules. Per- that particularly annoying uh, right. manager Co-worker. at all. <laughs> yes, exactly, or, or superior for that matter. Um, I'll tell you something. Um, I am uh, quite pleased with Outlook's anti-spam function. 
I find it catches the vast majority of stuff. Yeah, it's worked pretty. It's, yeah. yeah, I dump. No, I get, I get well. some spam every once in a while, but it's not anything like it used to be, and certainly not like uh, AOL or, or Yahoo or something like that, where you're just dealing with it. And they're all getting a lot better. And of course, spammers will get more effective, and they'll go back and forth as it always does. Okay, something else that people don't do that I really strongly recommend when it comes to technology is using subject lines more effectively. Um, I recommend that we turn off the auto preview option. In Outlook, I don't know what it's called in other clients, but basically, rather than showing the first three lines of an email, all you get is the sender and the and the the subject line. And you can do this with yourself and with your teams. You can encourage teams that you're on and your direct reports, probably not your boss, but your peers anyway, to use a little discipline when they send emails rather than just leaving blank subject lines. Actually, put in the subject line what the subject is. Um, you know, action required. I, I tell people, put give me, put AR in the first two words, and I know it's action required. And in fact, interestingly enough, of course, you can make a rule that says if I get an email from anybody that knows that I want AR in the subject line, and it's action required, it goes into a folder called AR, right. so that I know I need to take action on it. Um, and also, you know, what, what, sometimes when there's a long conversation about a particular topic, the subject changes. Yeah. It used to be about the right. IT project, then it became some right. subtopic or some completely different topic. So when that happens, somebody's got to recognize and line. change the subject line. And don't put re, 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 just change the subject line to exactly what your mail is. Give other people the benefit of using that, and then they will respond in kind. Also, MSR for monthly status report. If you're getting something monthly from a, from a boss or a peer or a subordinate, but it's not requiring action and you want to MSR, you put MSR in the subject line. Something else, too, too, one that you suggested to me, EOM, which we'll talk about in a second, and also DNR, do not respond. Uh, meetings canceled today, DNR. That's the subject line. That's it. In other words... You don't need to respond to this. You don't need to tell me thanks. You don't need to type. Uh, you're too busy to type. I have you doing other work. Thank you very much. Do not respond. DNR. Another one, EOM, you taught me, which is end of message. Um, meeting canceled today, EOM. There is nothing in the body of this mail. The subject line is the end of the message. That's so helpful to people. Okay, I got it. I'm done. I can delete it immediately. Um, so use subject lines effectively. Um, I also recommend, uh, we won't go into too much detail about this, if you have multiple email accounts, like if you have a Gmail account or a Yahoo account, you can use your Outlook client to go grab those mails as well, so you don't have to go to multiple pop sites in order to get your mail. You can use your client to aggregate all those and then apply those rules to all of those mails. So you're not going to three different places and using places that don't have good rules that make you more effective. Simple thing, I recommend you use a signature um, uh, feature in mail and include your name, your title, and your phone number. You don't need to include your email address just to make it easy for people. Uh, but phone number. If, if you send an email that somebody might decide to call you on, make it easy for them to call you. Anytime you can increase the quality of communication, you should as a manager. And so voice communication, voicemail is better than email. I know there's some people who prefer email, but voicemail is always a richer uh, uh, medium for communication. And ideally, you want to do face-to-face, which is one of our behavioral suggestions too, obviously. If you can do face-to-face, you should. If you can do voicemail before email, you generally should, particularly on matters that are sensitive or urgent. And then finally, you use email. Um, something else that I've really been surprised by is a number of people who have all of their mail forwarded to their trio or their blackberry and they're sitting in 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 meetings and they think it's cool to constantly be getting email in a meeting 
you know what? I was in a meeting today with the CEO of a billion-dollar consulting firm, and here's a guy checking his. He's in the CEO's. He's a direct report to the CEO. There's four of us around a conference call, and there's five other people dialed in from across the country. And here's a, a direct report to the CEO checking his email every minute or so in front of a CEO in the same room as his CEO. So who more important than the CEO could have I, been coming from? And, and, and I thought to myself, my gosh, the CEO is watching you check mail from must be other people because it sure as heck ain't coming from the CEO, your boss. And he's probably wondering what could be more important than this meeting when we have the 10 highest ranking people in our company in the same place at the same time. We're spending thousands of dollars for this meeting and you're checking on mail that may be coming in, no offense, from your spouse or from one of your peers somewhere else or one of your friends sending you a joke mail. I strongly encourage people to use the filtering technique for their trios and for their Blackberries that the only things that the only mails that should be sent to those devices are mails that you consider important. And again, you can use rules to set this up. Very few people know my email address for my trio phone. And the reason is because I don't send that many mails from it. But if you, Mike, send me a mail, if my family sends me a mail, that gets forwarded through my server to my trio because I want to know about those and certain clients, but not that many, less than 20 people have that email address. And they don't send it to the phone. It goes to my email server, and then it gets forwarded to my phone. That's a way to reduce the glut of email you have on your BlackBerry, on your Trio, in the middle of meetings. Yeah, but I, I found out what your Trio email address is, and I yes. have it in my Outlook contact. Just, and I want just in case you, you didn't, you in case you didn't think I knew how to get a hold of you. <laughs> just in case the server's down, right? Correct. Exactly. Okay, so those are some technology things we do. And it, and I would encourage people to, as, as we've said before, write to us at show at manager-tools.com and write us questions about how we've done it. We'll have a resource out on the web that will explain how to use inboxes and folders and so on. We'll have a document out there that will help you with, remind you about some of these, these uh, commandments, if you will, of email. Let's talk about the really important stuff, though, which is a fundamental behavior change about how managers deal with their email. What I'm about to suggest is the most important thing they can hear on this podcast, and it will be the hardest thing for them to do. I want to tell you that I speak from experience. This is how I do email. It absolutely works. And most senior, senior people at major corporations do this. Now, many of them, it's because they're older, they started their careers without email, and they don't feel a need to constantly be bombarded with email. Many CEOs and EVPs of major Fortune 500 companies didn't start with email, got by without it, ran billion-dollar divisions without it, and say, you know, I don't really like email terribly much. I don't need to stay in touch with everybody. I don't have this sense of uh, addiction to, that some people have to email. Obviously, we call them not Blackberries anymore, but Crackberries. Um, uh, I would rather run my business as opposed to managing my email. And so, what do senior people do? They do email three times a day. They set a time in the morning, usually after they've met with their admin. If you don't have an admin, that's fine. Go right to your email. Check email first thing for urgent stuff, stuff from your boss from overnight and so on. Schedule 30 minutes of your morning time to look, look in on email. Don't do email again until the middle of the day. I once told people lunch, and they got irritated about that. If you don't want to do it during lunch, fine. If you want to go out to lunch and then come back and do it after lunch, that's fine. I found that more people who don't do it at lunch do it before they go to lunch. Uh, and then once again at the end of the day. So from about 9 to about 11.30, Mike, and again from about 1 till about 4.30 or 5, no email. None. Now, remember earlier we talked about turning off the reminders, no sound, no icon, whatever minimizing Outlook or whatever your client is so you can't be visually reminded as well of email. 
And now email is a tool and not an addiction, not a distraction. When you're talking to another person face-to-face, no email ought to get in the way. None. Uh, Now, some people are saying, oh, my gosh, I don't know. Email is such the culture of our company. And yet, those are the same people who go to a two-day off-site. They don't have Blackberries yet. They're not at that level of the corporation. The company doesn't believe in that kind of wireless email. Uh, they're worried about uh, about security or whatever. That tends to be the case with a lot of uh, wireless devices. They don't want to put it in place because of security. And and they're off-site for two days, and they can't check mail. And they survive. Now, they go home, or they go back to the office, and they spend an hour on email. I'm thinking, wait a minute. You went to a two-day off-site. You didn't check mail morning, noon, and night, only once in the day. You survived. The company didn't burn down. But yet when you're back at your desk and you've got 10 meetings during the day, you're basically running back and forth from meetings to check in on emails in the middle of the day. I'll never forget the manager who once told me, I am waiting on an urgent email from my boss. And I just thought that's, that's the biggest non-sequitur oxymoron in the world, urgent email. So the way to handle your email is to stop doing it all dang day, period. If you do that and don't do any of the technology stuff, you will be so much more effective. You'll have better relationship with your team. You'll have a better relationship with your boss. You'll have better relationship with your peers. The change in your life because of email will be a positive rather than a negative. So I, I strongly encourage, if there's only one thing people hear from this email, let it be. Start doing email three times a day. Set up a time to do it and do it then. And don't do it any other time because otherwise work, work expands to fill the time you've got to do it. And if you believe emails should be done throughout the day, you'll spend all day doing nothing but email. And you know who you are out there. You are spending all day doing email. And Been there, get, done that. And if you get paid more than about $75,000 a year, you are too valuable to be distracted every two or three minutes. You don't get great ideas in 30 seconds. It takes you 30 minutes or an hour to think about a problem and to think about, you know, believe me, major CEOs of corporations, when they talk about strategy, they don't think about it for five minutes at a time until they get an email and then go do email and come back and think about strategy. The reason you don't have time to do the stuff that you want to do is because you're spending all your time doing email. The email doesn't need you to do it right then. You've created that feeling that you need to be in touch. Are there downsides to this? Yes, absolutely. There's a possibility that a fire could erupt and you won't be able to manage the email flow. And I would argue that if it's really a big fire, you'll hear about it in some some manner other than email. Particularly if you've worked on the relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's going to call you and say, I don't know if you know this or not, but emails are flying about something you're involved in. Okay, I'll get right on it. Thanks. And that would be an exception that I'd be willing to make. And I, I go back to my desk and take a look at it. Okay, um, don't take your BlackBerry to meetings or selectively use your BlackBerry or a Trio. Um, stop thinking that you're the only one who knows how to put your BlackBerry or a Trio below the desk and send emails back and forth. Everybody knows you're doing it. It's rude. It's unprofessional. And if you're a boss and you're doing it while your team is in a meeting, you know what they think? They don't think you're important. They think you're rude. They don't appreciate it. And then you say, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. And you look up or your head comes up, but your eyes are still on the screen of your crackberry. I just, I find that unprofessional. Uh, in terms of behavior around the emails themselves, um, keep your emails short. If it's more than three or four paragraphs, it needs to be a voicemail. And each of those paragraphs shouldn't be more than two to three sentences long. Long paragraphs, five, six, seven, eight, nine sentences, don't get read by the vast majority of executives that I know. And speaking about things that don't get read, I know that there are plenty of IT people and finance people who are shocked to hear this, but let me assure you, marketing people, please speak up. Um, The fact is, attachments don't get read. I know you think your attachment is important, but if you're sending attachments, assuming people will read them, and then you get irritated in a meeting when they don't, it's your fault. 
Communication is what the listener does, and they're not reading your attachments. If you send a big attachment, help somebody out and say, I've sent an attachment. Look at page two and page nine. Those are the key parts. Put it in red for them. Make it easy. If you send me a 10-page document the day before a meeting, I'm not going to read it. I'm sorry. And I don't expect you to read my 10-page document. Uh, the day before a meeting. I don't certainly don't expect you to print it out, take it home, and read it when you should be spending time with your family. Uh, of course, I mentioned printing it. Don't print your email. Um, although, be aware that your email can be used against you. It's hackable. It's, it's the, the company, everything you send an email can be looked at by a company employee, by somebody in HR or employee relations. Uh, the last thing I'll say... I, wonder, I, I remember a, a time back a few, well, probably, probably about 10 years ago, I, was, I had a individuals working for me, one of the technology folks, mm-hmm. and he came up to me and started describing in some detail how he could hack email and how he could send an email to anybody in the company from anybody in the yeah. company. And uh, <laughs> and he was weird enough that I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did a double mm. take. Mm. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Email is, uh, of the three choices of face-to-face, voicemail or phone, and email, email is the least efficient and the least effective. If you have a choice and you can, you should meet with somebody face-to-face. They'll appreciate it. If you can't do it face-to-face, leave them a voicemail. There are some people who prefer email, and so for those people, sure, send them email. But don't kid yourself in thinking that you're developing great email relationships. It doesn't work. Human beings need face-to-face connections in order to build trusting relationships, and good management is about trust and communication. And the richer form of communication is face-to-face, followed by phone and voicemail, and then lastly by email. So if you have a choice, get up out of your desk, walk to the person's desk, sit down across from them, hope that they've turned off their reminders and their icons and all their little their crackberries and their trios and so on, and ask for five minutes of their time. Ask how their families are doing. Talk about what you need and, and ask them to help you out. That's far more powerful than anything email will do. And you know what? If CEOs of billion-dollar companies, some of whom are my clients, can do that, something tells me you can too. Is there more? Yeah, there's a lot more, and we've skimmed over this so fast, Mike. But I'm hoping that people, because everybody who hears this surely is using email, I'm hoping they ask us some questions. Send us a, an email at show at manager-tools.com and ask us some questions or some comments, see whether or not they agree, whether they vehemently disagree. Maybe what we can do is a little debate about the value of email. Uh, We've talked about that before, bringing a guest on perhaps and talking about different points of view about how to do management. I just think that email is important enough. It's it's, uh, misused enough that maybe we could have a pretty uh, exciting discussion about different points of view around it. Yeah, I think so. I think we'll probably get into, uh, not probably, we will get into a lot more detail around email, particularly when we start to address some of the things around managing projects oh, and project, project management. management. Yeah. And uh, we've got a lot of um, – several people have asked us if we're going to talk about that. We will. It's, yes. a, it's a big, complex topic. Yeah. Um, and we've been working on some outlines on kind of what we want to talk about there. But that requires a significant amount of work on our part to make sure that it's useful and um, – uh, well, make sure it's useful. Good. Good. All right. Well, that, that wraps it up for uh, – today and time flies uh, oh boy yeah all righty thanks mike see y'all later well, thank you everybody for joining us for this edition of manager tools for those of you who've uh, been subscribed and have stayed subscribed we uh thank you very very much uh that means a lot to to mark and i and uh it keeps us going to those of you who are new we hope you come back and we'll see you again uh, next week um also want to s- say a special thanks to uh tom como tom did a 
interview on the Cranky Middle Manager podcast and had some very kind remarks to say about manager tools, and we appreciate it greatly. If you haven't listened to the podcast, it's well worth listening to. Tom did a, a great job, and we've posted the, the link to the website and that particular podcast on our show notes. So go to the show notes, uh, go over and listen to Tom and check it out. Thanks again, everybody. And uh, with that, we'll see you all again next week.